Hello, 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 and welcome back to Time to Adapt, where we break down movies and the books behind them. As always, your wonderful host, Mac, is in the building, and I'm... <laughs> oh, come on, I'm trying something new. I love it. Keep Joining going. me is the equally, if not better, Selena. I liked that. I liked that intro. You did? That was a fun one. You did? Okay, good. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I was like literally just like... I need to do something different. I need to be unique. I need I to need pull a to Howard Stern, unique. but also, no. So, uh, yeah. So, what's new with you? You got anything going on? Uh, cheese and rice? I don't know. Not really. Cheese and rice? <laughs> I didn't know you could. Can you mix cheese and rice? Yeah, you can. I've done it before. Okay. When I literally had no food. <laughs> okay. It worked. It worked? Okay, <laughs> And great. I ate, and it was great. <laughs> well, at, le- at least you ate something. Yeah. I care about that. Um, I don't know. Life's been chill. Just doing the same thing. I don't know. I'm, go- I'm going home to this weekend so I can just, like, break up my summer. Yeah. So that'll be nice because art fairs on the square is happening, and uh, I fucking love art fair on the square. That's in Madison, right? Yeah. Okay. Madison Farmer's Market's. Honestly, oh, the, best the best in the world. And to, Art Fair to... on the Square, uh, I take that over the third word, Art Fair. Yeah. Sorry. I used, to babysit, <laughs> <Not really. laughs> I used to babysit for a woman who, um, she would take her kid down to the Madison Farmer's Market just because it was the Madison Farmer's Market. Like She wouldn't go local. It was like she would always just drive 90 miles Okay, that's that's a long time, but like I respect it. Yeah, because that cheese curd tent is nothing to fuck around with. (laughs) It's so fucking good. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So, what are like? How are you? Because you asked me about (laughs) um, I'm doing all right. Had a bit of a had a bit of a rough patch earlier today, but you know, working full time at a hotel is uh, it's an experience. You see things, Mm -hmm. you. There are certain smells you get that you can't like you can't unget. They're there. They're they're in your head forever. Oh great. So learning that that and when I work near a kitchen, so but anyway, we're not here to talk about my infinite sadness and my <laughs> hotel life. We're here to talk about book to film adaptations. And we're about to talk about one that I'm so excited about. Oh, he's going to freak the fuck out, guys. I'm going to fucking freak out. I'm going to literally just... <laughs> He's going to fangirl just as hard as I I'm fangirled gonna... about David Tennant. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. his love for this oh. is as big as my love oh, for Lord. David Tennant. So we're talking about Call Me By Your Name. Yes. Um, the, yeah, just the, the 2017, was it? Yeah. 2017 film. Adaptation. Yes. So, Mac, tell me about how you, like, came across this book. Because I know you, did you come across it before the film or because of the film? I had heard about it before the film. Um, I'd seen copies of it and I had heard about, it was, like, considered by many one of, like, the best um, gay fictions out there. And, like, as, you know, when, you, when you're in college and it's, it's everywhere, there's definitely, like, um, I, I would read more about, like, LGBT fiction. And from there, from there, yeah, I was told about the book and was told by a couple of friends, like, yo, it's a really great book. It's really beautiful. So I went with that and I ended up not reading it. But then, <laughs> like, someone actually gave me a copy. Like, hey, you should read it. Like, All that build up for, so I didn't read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then when the film premiered at the Sundance Film Festival and just, immediately everyone was like oh my 
it's so good. It's so beautiful. And then obviously the big controversy, which we'll, we'll get into in a little bit. Um, suddenly it's everywhere. And I ended up seeing the film. And at first, I, you know, I was like, that's okay. It was whatever. But weirdly enough, it wasn't until like a couple of rewatches when suddenly it just clicked with me and I was in love with this movie and I was in love with basically everything about it from the cinematography, the acting, the music, so many things just like the pieces fit perfectly for me and I just adored it. And to this day, it's probably, I probably rewatched it about 20 times and like, it's not normally something I would be get into, you know, but mm. It, it does something for me. So yeah. it's one of the best adaptations I think I've ever seen. Cause I, I read the Ooh. book and it's, it's one of the best, everything about it works. And we're going to get into so that. So you watched the movie and then that got you into the book. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So basically for me, just you being like, so we got to do call me by your name. And I was like, okay, okay. Like I've been me. I like, I'd been meaning to watch the movie so I was like, this is a good opportunity. And a warning that. to our listeners, this is probably going to be our most not safe for work episode because we're going <laughs> to get some freaky stuff. That some goes on. freaky shit <laughs> involving the, peaches. Those horny 17 year old Italian boys. They are they are sexual deviants. They are creative. <laughs> They're creative. I love that. Yes. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> as what we'll talk about later. <laughs> but yeah, so. Let's go into what the book, just to give you a general synopsis. So basically, you, the first character that you meet is Elio and Elio. 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 And Elio Perlman. He's a 17-year-old boy, and Mac wrote in our notes, the horniest 17-year-old in North northern Italy. Uh, and his family, they host a student over the summer. And he... His dad's like an archaeologist yeah. of sorts, or like a... Um, and he like hosts the student to come and work on in the book. I think it's he doesn't he he res, revise he revises a book his, manuscript. He revises a manuscript and they change that in the movie and it work and it works better. Um. So Elio isn't a huge fan of this tradition or just like his parents constantly bringing people in because he has to like he has to move out of his bedroom room and he's like, well, that's my space and I don't want to leave my space. But Oliver, who is the guest for the summer, is basically just waltzes in and Elio's like, ooh, <laughs> and at first it's like <laughs> he's like, ooh, I see you. <laughs> yeah, he's 24 years old and it doesn't really it's it more of like at first Elio's just annoyed by him. Mm -hmm. And then it slowly becomes more of an infatuation, turns into desire, turns into love, turns into a whole sort of things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so the book kind of follows their relationship over that summer. And then 10 years later, when they meet back up again, 20, right? Well, Tw 20, years. 20. Yeah. But yeah. And like certain other times like if there's like a six month gap then there's the 10 year and there's a 20 year gap but yeah yeah so it kind of revisits them throughout their lives um and yeah it's it's a beautiful book uh i read a good portion of it and just the writing very visual it's very <laughs> visual and i adore 
like, I'll get into this about, about the movie too, but the book does a great job of kind of explaining the whole, the summer heat and just how it's a good, a good atmosphere. And yeah. It's really it has, good at building up the world that just like this, this summer house. Yeah. And I, I argue that the, the book is a lot more steeped in like truth where the movie I think is a lot more dreamlike, especially near the end, but I can get into that um, later on. So yeah. the book was written by Andre Asiman in 2007 and it was immediately applauded. It was called by New York times. Stacy Durasmo claimed that it was an exceptionally beautiful book and it won a couple awards for gay fiction over the, over the next year. So it had already been kind of well-known and was a bestseller before the, the film came out. And it had been um, shortly after that they had, optioned the rights for the movie um, and it went came to uh, Luca Guadagnino so most of you don't know who Luca Guadagnino is um, but unless you saw his film from came out last year his remake of Suspiria which I I loved but it's not for everyone especially if you're a, a Dario Argento purist because you you probably hated it but it works very much as something completely separate from Italian horror so, but anyway, this, this movie, the movie was part of what Guadagnino called his thematic desire trilogy. Mm-hmm. So he, the, these two movies he made prior to Call Me By Your Name, one was I Am Love and the second was A Bigger Splash. Both of them, uh, ironically, star Tilda Swinton because, of course, <laughs> and all of them kind of deal with just how people react to love and affection. And sometimes it's in a good way. Um, like, like I would argue, call me by your name is in a good way. Um, it's in a bad way at, at, at certain points in a bigger splash. And um, I haven't seen I am love yet, unfortunately, but regardless of that, it's very much the way that he just, he describes the whole thematic desire and how it makes perfect sense. When you look at how the film is, is set up and how Elio starts off as just precocious and just annoyed all the time. I mean, as any 17 year old, what would be and slowly he started, he kind of starts experimenting with himself, experimenting with girls and guys and eventually comes into what the book is Mm. and it's the book and the movie. So, and after the, the film came out, like, uh, Ackman, he announced on his Twitter account in 2018, December, uh, that he was writing a sequel to Call Me By Your Name. Uh, and it should, he's, yeah, so it will be called Find Me. And it came out on in March, March 20th, 2019. So, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like the, it, it as itself, is a good solid novel like it it wraps up mm-hmm. but it'll be interesting i don't know i haven't read the i'll have to pick up the sequel to find that out yeah <laughs> i'm actually really excited for it um so guadagnino considers this considers calling by your name an homage to the fathers of his of my life my own father and my cinematic ones Referencing the filmmakers like Jean Renoir, Jacques Rivette, Eric Romer, and Bernardo Bertolucci. 
um, which makes complete sense when if you've seen if you've seen like certain films, um, like Anusamor, which is extremely like when you you look at that film, it's an eight, it's, it's a French film from 1982. It's very similar in style to Call Me by Your Name, as well as the films by Merchant Ivory Productions. So, the screenwriter for Call Me by Your Name is James Ivory. To those who are unaware, James Ivory is one of the most respected um, filmmaker, one of the most respected filmmaker screenwriters in independent film, because him and his partner Ismail Mer- Ismail Merchant started a production company called Merchant Ivory Productions in the late '60s, and the idea was it started off with like doing English language films in India, but it ended up becoming um, they ended up using that. Um, their production company to make more highbrow British class dramas in the eighties and nineties. So movies such as Maurice, a room, a room with a view. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Yeah. And Damn. Howard's end oh. all were merchant ivory productions. Yeah, all, also by EM deep Forster. dive for like the film. So I'm like, I didn't, Take a good look at the notes for that I one. Think I, was like, I was surprised with that because I love A Room with a View. Oh, it's one of my favorites. I, I watched it two days ago. And I, I've been meaning to watch Howard's End because okay. I love okay. those British class dramas. Oh, me too. <laughs> They're okay. so fun. <laughs> so you remember in, I'm, I'm slightly going off topic here, but do you remember in A Room with a View where they're in the in the lake and they're splish splashing? <laughs> splish splashing, yeah. <laughs> it's very gay, but it's very great. <laughs> There's a scene very similar to it in Call Me By Your Name. So, like, if you oh, see yeah. the scene, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, anyway, Ivory is, he was eight, he was in his late 80s when he wrote the script. And once he had, um, because he loved the book, he wrote the script, and there was this intention that originally Ivory was going to direct it. But he's like, I'm too old. I can't do this. So, Luca came in. There was going to be a co-directing thing. But then Luke, then um, Ivory is like, I think it's better that you just take the script and do what you will, and I'll, I'll stay here and not do anything else. <laughs> so it ended up working great because Ivory ended up getting an Oscar for best original, best adapted screenplay in 2018 for the film, and <laughs> it's it's great. So if any of you have ever like like don't know anything about Merchant Ivory, I highly recommend a deep dive because it's a fascinating little rabbit hole to go down because there are so many movies that, that that they made together in their production company and it also holds a world record for the longest running independent film uh network because they were the two of them made films on and off for like almost 50 years so it's pretty great stuff so Regarding the background of the film, it was shot on 35 millimeter on one lens, a 35 millimeter lens that they just stuck with that that lens and they never changed lenses lenses. And it was shot mostly chronologically, which I I found really fascinating. Um, Yeah, because that's not usually done. (laughs) No, normally it's kind of like they figure, you know, whatever works best with scheduling and location and it's all dictated by. Usually those types of things. But yes. It's definitely like a bold choice to just try and 
tackle it <laughs> yeah. from page one onward. And on top of that, um, now I get to gush about Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, more like Timothy Chalabay. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, okay, I'll just that was, walk that out. That was bad. I will walk out. I'm gonna just gonna. I'm, I'm leaving the podcast. Sorry, guys. Wasn't Sorry, Shia guys. LaBeouf like? I heard that Shia LaBeouf was reportedly set to cast in the film too. At in, one point, in, like, I believe that is true. Yeah, at but... one point they were talking about that. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm but... glad they didn't because <sighs> Chalamet is. Oh, he's. I mean, he's only 23 right now, as of the t- as of when we're recording this, but he um is he still kind of looks pretty much like a teenager and he looks perfect for the role of a 17 year old because yeah, he was got able the, to yeah the but he was also to be able to hit that kind of emotional range of where you're like crying but in the inside but you can start to see it on the outside like his, his how he acted just even without just saying any words i was like damn look at you do your thing yeah well. <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> Pretty much, that's the best way to describe it. And um, I, I mean, if, if any of you are big on Tumblr or on DeviantArt, you've probably seen some of the fan art for the two characters, for Elio and for Oliver, and just the whole bromance that kind of blossomed through Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet. They're adorable. There are great YouTube videos of them just being adorable together, and it's so fucking cute. God damn it. It's so cute. Sorry. Just really emotional. So the film also has these, these great, this, the, the main theme of desire and first love mm-hmm. and the whole theory, the whole feeling that like when you get, when you're in love for the first time and you just feel you know, your heart, your heart feels, feels bottomless. You feel like it's just unending and just the, the love is unending. And then of course, you know, Things happen, and you know if you end up, you end up uh, coming apart. That's what happens. Yeah, it's definitely much, uh, very uh, words. It's very much one of those like books and films that just kind of takes a snapshot of like teenage emotion <laughs> and just like the roller coaster that it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but does it with such like care too i don't know i overall just like good adaptation oh we we didn't talk about the peach thing oh boy (laughs) (laughs) so for those who are aren't aware i guess there's a scene in the book where elio fucks a peach and it's an apricot technically but that's so tiny. Anyway, like <laughs> maybe he's got a needle dick. I don't know. I don't know. But he comes in it, and then the Oliver, unbeknownst, doesn't know, picks up the peach and eats or apricot. Oh, he knows. He knows exactly what yeah. it is. Yeah, he Still basically just he... It, it's a it's a. I was like, mm, that not for me. But <laughs> you know, to each their own. Yeah. If that's your kink, that's your kink, buddy. <laughs> and you know. But you were saying there was controversy about it in the film. Well, the controversy wasn't really much that. It was more about the fact that Elliot, that the, he was 17 and he, yeah. the guy was 24. Yeah. There's a six year difference. And given the whole, like, you know, kind of a pedophilic, 
kind of touch that most people would kind of see it as. Well, and, and kind of, you know, <laughs> like the, you're so much older. Like you're, when you're 26, your mind and your life is so far away from where you were when you're seven, like when someone's 17, like your world is so different. Yeah. Just, yeah, there's just a power dynamic and the difference that's just not that, that's not great. And at the least, like with this one, <laughs> the power dynamic was very fluid. It was, it was very much kind of like they were on the same level the entire way through. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a, oh, yeah, the, the book didn't guy, paint it as like, yeah. this is a, the older guy toxic. wasn't like taking control of the relationship and, um, Elia wasn't taking control at any part. It just kept kind of balancing itself out. Mm. So I, I, that's the way I, I appreciated the way it was that that was handled. Cause it's very easy for that to come off as pedophilic or as just, just very much something to frown upon, but the way they, which it kind of is, but how it's written, the book makes it come across as not. Yeah. That, that, that I think if anything, the way it's anything like that is written, it, it gets a pass depending on, on that, on that situation. Mm-hmm. So like I said earlier, this, the film was um, inspired heavily from some of Ivory's past films. His most um, obvious to me would be Maurice because Maurice is about the relationship between two men in like turn of the century and how the two of them are infatuated with each other, but they cannot show each other love because they're at like a primary school. And if they're found out, they're not just expelled they're They may be put to death, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It starts Hugh Grant, a very, very young Hugh Grant. I highly recommend if anyone out there wants to watch it. <clears throat> but if anything, like watching that, I, I I watched Maurice a couple nights ago in pre- pre- preparation for this role, and it's a very good movie. It's, it's for this sweet. role. For this role. <laughs> this role that I take now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, everyone. I am running on fumes. I was I had a 12-hour shift at work today. I'm just... Yeah. Yippee-ki-yay. There's as much of a joy that this was to, like, like dive into and... Like, it's just a really good adaptation. There's not a whole lot to say about it um, because of just how well it's adapted. Uh, adapted. I can speak. <laughs> it's also been a long day, folks. <laughs> we promise. We're, we're, we're getting better, people. We're getting better. It's a trial and error process, but, you know, we're yeah. trying. <laughs> Going back to the peach scene. Um, speaking of peach scenes. Everyone like on set was very confused over that scene. And like, you know, on paper, like, okay, he fucked a peach. I guess whatever. Like on, there's on, so much work involved to fuck a peach. Like you have to take the seat out. You right? take the, yeah. He, yeah. There's a yeah. scene where like, you know, like he's looking at it and you can tell he's, he thinks that's a butthole. Ooh. <laughs> he's thinking about that juicy butthole. And he just picks it. I'm like, oh, okay. And then and he goes that for just, it. I'm like, that that's just, it's, it's so sticky. Yeah. It would get sticky. The the citric acid, I don't know. Could go into your <laughs> urethra. I don't. It does not seem healthy. But anyway, so of anyone, Luca Guadagnino was con- was concerned. And so was Timothy Chalamet because he was like, kind of like, do, do I really need to do this? And apparently one day, Luca just showed up on set and just pulled Eli- pulled Elio, pulled Timothy aside and said, it works. <laughs> <laughs> he did his research. 
<laughs> Give the man credit. He did his research. <laughs> oh my god. Would I ever do it? No. <laughs> Not even if not if I was the horniest man on earth, I would never do that. <laughs> but but no judgment if that's your king, go for it. Yeah, it's, it's there's room in the world for everybody's thing. That's you know? very, so, very true. So fucking so, peaches is your thing. Go ahead. Yeah. So like immediately following that scene, there's the bit where obviously where Oliver kind of takes a bite out, but takes a bite out of the peach, and it was like, ooh. <laughs> that's basically the. Scene I remember when a- I when I saw it in the th- I saw it in the theater. There was like. There was like one part of the theater that was like, aww, and the other part that was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a polarizing scene. <laughs> yeah, very polarizing. Um, but like right after that, there's this moment where like Elio just feels like he's a sick monster because of what he did. Mm-hmm. And there's this kind of like this really sweet moment where like Oliver holds him and he's like, no, it's okay. It's all right. You're, you're young. It's okay to be. <laughs> Do weird shit. It's okay to do weird <laughs> shit. Do it while you're young, because the older you get and the more weird shit you do, the more you get judged for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. So anyway, the last thing I wanted to touch on is the music, because the music is... That ending scene. Yes. What? Yeah. Is it a video? It's... <laughs> um. So the music was curated by Luca himself, and it ranges from a bunch of classical music, because... In the movie, Elio, he transcribes music. He's a gifted guitarist and pianist. And for a second, I thought I said penist. Pianist. Pianist. Pe- oh, my Christ. God. Mac, are you 12? <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. But the big, like, the, the three big songs, though, were by Serfian Stevens. I'm going rephrase that. Two songs. So he got Serfian Stevens, the... F- um, he's from Illinois, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, singer songwriter, one of the every hipster in America loves Serfian Stevens, and yeah, I get he's it. basically he, like gateway to like he's a ga- other like smaller indie like to that genre. Yeah, of indie music. So he wrote two original songs for the movie, and then he gave a remix of one of his other songs for a certain sequence. But it's very, the two songs that everyone knows, though, is Mystery of Love, which got an Oscar nomination. And if you ever watch the actual performance at the Oscars, it's, it's, it's a very beautiful performance. And it's a very beautiful song because the song is all about how this, it's a, the main character is in love, but he's totally aware that it's not going to last. But he's just so infatuated in the, the mystery of love. So he's a good like singer. He's a great lyricist, too. Um, especially with, cause I know he used to be very, um, very like religious. So like in some of his songs, there's total, there's like a lot of metaphors to the Bible. Cause like visions of Gideon is literally about like something that happens in the old Testament and just kind of like, it's, it's so lovely. So yeah, the movie ends with a Serfian Stevens song and it's put excellently as Elio watches over the fire. Cause he watches over the uh, over this fire pit where he's just engulfed in the warmth that he felt over that summer. The thing about the film that I think while he's crying, yeah, while he's like, crying, while he's remembering all, of yeah, that. and it's what, so it's beautiful because you see people setting the table behind him, and this song goes by, and the credits roll, and you just see him remember, yeah, and just something also very beautiful about it is compared to so many LGBT films, 
there's all and like in a lot of them, there's always like the how is the rest of the world going to react to them? How is the, there's some there's going to be the moment when they get ostracized for being gay, but you don't get that in this one. In anything, there's a whole scene where in the book and in the movie where Elio's dad just sits down with him and is like, I know, I I, I know you you two were close. I know you're in a lot of pain, but it's going to be okay. You don't, don't try to hide all this pain. Feel it because feeling is healing. Feeling is healing. And it's honestly one of the most wholesome lines. And like, it's probably, I think it's the scene that got the film, the Oscar, not the Oscar win for best screenplay. Cause it is, it's so beautifully, beautifully done. It is a really beautiful, like monologue. Yes. So, so like at the end, the whole winter scene, which takes up about the last five minutes of the film where Oliver calls and says, Hey, um, I'm getting married. And Elio kind of reacts to that. It's all kind of, it's all kind of dark and it's not dark, but like, it's very plain because it's, you know, it's the winter, but when it's in the summer, it's so vibrant. Yeah. The colors and and like greens, when you're watching it, you feel like you're there. I think maybe that's one of the reasons I watch it so much is that I just I want to be there in that in that little town in northern Italy in the in the mid eighties and just feeling like summer forever, but it's not like humid, hot death summer like here in Milwaukee. Yeah. Well, even then, like like right now, it's like death heat in Europe right now. So yeah, they're not doing so hot right now. Well, Uh... (laughs) that was unintentional, folks. Oh, that was great. That was dumb. That okay. Was very stupid. <laughs> that was so dumb, and I didn't even plan it. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. That was some accident. So, summary. <laughs> as you can see, I kind of like carried this this episode because yeah, this I, is his this is his shit. So I was like, I'm gonna shit. let him fucking shit. I'm gonna let him, <laughs> you know, say his piece. <laughs> I have such because a, I have such a man crush for Timothy Chalamet and Army Hammer. They are. Mm, Spicy meatballs, <laughs> spicy balls of meat. So, yeah, I love it. I highly recommend if anyone like needs like want, wants to read something that's just kind of like a fun little thing to read on the side. The book is shockingly erotic. Yeah. There is a, I mean, like, yeah, the movie's pretty erotic too. But like, there are whole scenes in the book. I'm like, oh, oh wow, they're going <laughs> oh, into they're the getting, detail. They're getting down business. Oh yeah. <laughs> And there's like this weird mo- mo part near the end with a, involving a bathroom that I was kind of like, I can see how that's kind of adorable, but also, eh. <laughs> but that's, that's me. That's just, that, that's just me over here. All in all, like what we're trying to say through this whole episode is it's a good book. It's a nice, like summer read. Yes, it's an excellent and, summer read. It feels and it's like an summer. excellent adaptation. Yes, because the heart of the book and just the feel of the book translates so well to film. Yes, so yeah. so that's I that's about it. Much, I think pretty much we just we can't tear this, this one apart. But we're we're gonna have some ones in the future because I feel like we've been talking a lot about just like good adaptations, and those are great. We love a good adaptation. But it's really fun to bitch about the bad ones. Oh, yeah. So we have oh, some yeah. bad ones lined up. So I'm not looking forward to having to watch the bad ones. Oh, it's, well, for timeline, I don't remember it. And that was a shame. 
because I don't remember timeline. I remember the book being awesome. I remember the the book was fucking awesome. But the movie, I'm just like, oh, oh by yeah. By the way, existed. you should check out our timeline episode. <laughs> check out our timeline episode, everybody. Came out last year. <laughs> but yeah, so the bad ones are very fun because either they're so atrociously bad that it's just fun to just like pick apart, or they're just bad where they're boring. So yeah, we have a few that we have in mind that you should watch out for because those are. Those are one of my favorites besides mm-hmm. the Shakespeare ones I geek out about. And oh, yeah. Are the bad ones because, ooh, I have emotions about them. Emotions. <laughs> yeah. Well, like we said, we got some more stuff coming up. I will be helping to moderate a, film, a discussion group for The Handmaid's Tale. And I will also be helping. With yes, that, that will be at Barnes and Noble at Bayshore Mall. Because I fucking love Market Atwood, and I like was like, "Hey, Mac, I'm, I'm, I'm halfway, know, I'm I halfway know. through the book right now, and <laughs> I know I still have to watch all three seasons, but I, okay. I'll be able to do it." And yes, it'll be on July 25th, and also there's going to be another one on August 22nd. I think I'll be more prepared for the 20, the one on August 22nd. Yeah, we're kind of sussing out, seeing how the the forum goes. We're figuring out how that crowd works and exactly what people want to discuss. Yeah. But yeah, we'll give, we'll drop more details as those come up. Um, so keep an eye out for our social media, our Facebook, Instagram, because we fancy like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, our email. <laughs> our email at time to adapt Zima <laughs> at gmail.com. Please. We want to hear you. If you didn't like call me by your name. Throw some hot takes at me. I'm 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 game. If you love calling by your name, tell me about why you loved it. Because he will geek out with you. I will geek out with you. <laughs> I, I I have people, friends on Instagram who we just talk about the movie about. So that's what I, that's what, that's all I got to say over here. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> that's what I gotta say. <laughs> that's what I gotta say over here. He tried. I'm, I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can, people. Okay, we'll wrap this up. We're rambling now, but yeah. All right. Uh, well, just thank you. Yeah, thank you for listening. And until next time, this has been time to adapt.